Welcome to A Wild New Work, a podcast about how to take wise, soul-centered action in your work life and in your organization, all based on the wisdom of nature. I'm Megan Leatherman, a career coach, mother, and amateur ecologist living in the Pacific Northwest, and I'm your host today. Hi, friends. Welcome back to this sweet community. I'm so honored that you're here to spend time with me today. Welcome to Aquarius season. The sun moved into the sign of Aquarius on January 19th, um, shortly followed by the swearing in of a new president here in the United States. And um, I hope that that's feeling um, different and refreshing to you, even though there's plenty of work ahead and uh, we've got a long way to go and lots of healing that's needed. Um, it does feel like a little um, breather, like we can just um, get to work in maybe a less frenzied, urgent manner. Well, of course, there's still urgent work to be done. Um, I'm hoping that there's less horror perpetuated, um, especially for uh, you know, immigrants and people in really vulnerable positions here in our, our society. So just want to wish each of you a sense of freshness and hopefulness and rejuvenation here as we are settling into midwinter. We're really in the heart of this season now, and at least here in the Pacific Northwest, there are already some early signs of spring. So things are happening. I'm really excited to share thoughts with you today about channeling more ease and wisdom and joy in your careers. This has been coming up in our discussions in Cedar Lodge a lot, this desire to really revitalize and follow the helpful threads and signs that we're getting in our lives and careers. So I want to talk about kind of seedling wisdom today, the wisdom of that new sprout or that, um, you know, tendril that has just unfurled from the seed and use it as a metaphor for us to learn about how we can be channels for magic in our working lives. And I'll explain what I mean by magic in a minute. I have one announcement today, which is that tarot readings are back. <laughs> if you're new to me or my work, uh, you may not have heard about this before, but it's been about a year since I offered career-specific tarot readings to the public, and I just feel really clear that it's time to do that again. So these are called intuitive career readings, and they are in-depth tarot readings on you and your career. When you schedule one, I ask you questions about what's coming up or what's feeling hard in your life and career, and then I take that information and I ask questions. Um, and you know, I I don't know what words you use for the divine, but you know, I will ask spirit or the universe the questions that most pertinent or important to you at this time, and then I randomly pull tarot cards in response to those questions and interpret them using. Um, first my intuition, but also the tarot training, the course that I took from my teacher, Lindsay Mack. And then I blend in my more logical experience as a career coach. So these insights get woven in with photos of the cards and resources into usually like a 10 page document of your reading with my interpretations of you know, the big themes that are coming up in your career right now, specific ways that you can 
move through this time really gracefully and kind of in alignment with what I think that, you know, spirit or the universe is trying to communicate with you. And I also record a 30 minute audio summary explaining everything that's in the document. So it's all done from a distance. And these readings are usually so helpful. I, I've always done them with my one-on-one clients. Um, And like I said, I have offered them kind of on their own before, and they are really just a joy. It's a really lovely way to get new perspectives about your work and the opportunities that are available to you right now. And it's a nice blend between spiritual and practical insights. So uh, if you feel like some fresh perspective or new information would be helpful to you. I would love to do a reading on your behalf. Right now I'm just offering three readings a month and those, we'll see how fast they get booked, but you can try first at my website, awhilenewwork.com and find a time there or the quickest way to get notified when those become available, I'll announce them monthly, is by joining my newsletter, which you can do at the link in the show notes. So with that, why don't we do our opening invocation? So wherever you are, just taking a conscious breath and kind of bringing yourself here into this moment. May each of us be blessed and emboldened to do the work we're meant to do on this planet. May our work honor our ancestors, known and unknown, and may it be in harmony with all creatures we share this earth with. I express gratitude for all of the technologies and gifts that have made this possible, and I'm grateful to the Cowlitz and Clackamas tribes, among many others, who are the original stewards of the land that I'm on. All right, well, like I said, here we are when I'm recording this. We're in midwinter. The sun moved into the sign of Aquarius, which is a fixed air sign, and fixed just means that it's um, you know, in the middle of the season, it's sort of that stabilizing factor. And an air sign, you know, means that it corresponds to the air element. So you can think about our thoughts, communication, um, the exchange that we experience through our breath, the sort of unseen connective tissues that uh, we share and experience in our lives. What I've learned about astrology and about Aquarius in particular is that it's sort of a guide and a period in which we're offered real rejuvenation for ourselves, but also for the collective. And so there's this inquiry into, you know, what it means to rejuvenate ourselves and then how that impacts us collectively. And uh, I'll share more about that in a minute. Of course, we are in the winter season. And like I said, I've seen, you know, crocus sprouts in my neighborhood, even little daffodil sprouts, even tulips. And this is really lovely. And I, you know, I love that we've had some sunny days, but I'm also conscious that because of climate change, the winters are getting shorter and not as cold, not as wet. And I don't think it's any accident that our solitude, our stillness, the periods of introspection in our lives are getting sort of chipped away as well you know, winter and our quiet, our quiet periods of rejuvenation that the winter offers, these are treasures that we need to preserve. So, you know, whatever you can do to expand the amount of quiet and solitude and stillness that's available to you this season, the better. And of course, let's all keep 
staying true to our commitment to limit the impacts of climate change and preserve these incredible seasons that we get to move through, whether they're, you know, whether there are four of them and they look like the ones that I experience in the Pacific Northwest, or they look a lot different wherever you are. Um, let's preserve the natural rhythms and cycles that this earth moves through. We need them. They're they're uh, incredible and imperative and they're not to be taken for granted. So just just want to honor and send some love out to the winter season and to the the dark days and the cold and acknowledge that we need those too. Aquarius is symbolized in astrology by the water bearer. Um, and so you'll often see with Aquarius a symbol of um, a cup or a water vessel that's you know pouring out water, but it's not a water sign, it's an air sign. So what we're talking about here is the capacity for channeling or bearing water or hydration, water being a symbol of um, rejuvenation of life and the boundaries that are needed around it to channel it where it needs to go. And one metaphor that you can think of in in terms of this are like clouds, right? So the water is held up in the sky. There's a, a container for it. And then at a certain point, the rain comes and, you know, nourishes the land below. So we're working with this sort of indirect way to channel hydration in our lives. That's sort of the invitation of this time. Aquarius also corresponds to the star card in the tarot. So uh, throughout you know, astrology, every sign and planet corresponds to a major arcana card in the tarot. And you don't have to know anything about any of this. <laughs> Just take what feels helpful. Um, but the star card comes after the tower. And the tower card in the major arcana of the tarot is the archetype that moves us through a period of great change and destruction, just sort of destroying or tearing away whatever is not meant to last, whatever is unsustainable. Um, it's a period of kind of sometimes without wanting to, having to really let go of things in our lives that just are not working or not meant for us to carry. And the star card comes in after this and is a period of sort of that rain quieting the flames, you know, really soothing the land. It's this deep regeneration and reconnection to what is essential, what is our core essence. So it's this invitation to really remember who we are underneath the day-to-day -day stressors, underneath the fatigue, the worry, the sorrow, the destruction, and that opportunity to really see what is sprouting out of us for the first time, you know, and appreciating what's, what's coming through the soil, um, even in the midst of what's been taken away. Uh, so right now in this time of year, we're really looking at what is essential and celebrating the core of us and what has made it through this time, what has made it through the tower, through this, you know, the darkness of late autumn and early winter. And so there is this sense of rejuvenation that's available. And I want to share some thoughts about how to tap into that. So when I am talking about channeling new magic in your career, what I'm talking about is just that connecting to your core essence, to your own North star, the source of rejuvenation inside of you, connecting in a new way to yourself, your spirit, your path, whatever you want to call it, um, the part of you that is beyond any job description or role or salary range, connecting to the essence of you in a new way 
in this late winter season. So this might look like following new threads of interest that are coming up, letting new awareness sprout about what's possible for you this year. It could be a new opportunity that you want to follow, a new boundary that you're putting down, a new part of your identity that you want to express at work. You know, there's something sort of percolating under the soil or wanting to bloom. And if you don't feel that yet, that's okay. I would say wait and uh, keep listening. And I think I'll share some ways that you can tune into that. But one of the quickest ways to feel that is just to remember that most of what is going to bloom this spring and summer is already planted in the ground. It is already energizing, gearing up, putting out sprouts. We may not be able to see it yet, but things are starting to warm and we can kind of feel that life just vibrating like underneath and all around us. And you can just sort of tune into that anytime you feel like you need some rejuvenation. Remember that, you know, the soil is just full of new life and we can bring that in into our lives and our careers as well. So I want to share some thoughts about channeling magic in your career this winter, this midwinter. And what it's about is is really treating yourself as if you are the water bearer. You are, you know, the vessel. You're the receptive soil. You're not necessarily the water, okay? What we're talking about is increasing your capacity to bear water because the magic, the and the energy, the rejuvenation, the water is inevitable, that is just part of being alive and human, this vitality that flows. So our work is indirect work to help us channel even more of it, to bring it in, to feed it to others through our work and our careers. So it's indirect work. And my work, you know, as a coach is really to help people let their own unique magic flow. We don't create the magic, we create the conditions necessary for it to come through. And that's where I've really seen transformation take place. I can give you an example. A couple of years ago, I had a client uh, who I'll call Amy. And Amy would come in at the time I had an office and was seeing people in person. And week after week, you know, we would do our sessions. I have, you know, I create like a certain space with different elements. So I create a really strong container for the work and for clients. And so I created that space. She came in week after week. And I thought for sure that she was just really disengaged. She would participate, of course, but like I'd see her checking her watch a lot and I'd be like, oh my God, like, is this even working? Like, it took a while for us to get going, but we created the physical space and we also started to work on helping her create more space in her own life for her insights and intuition to come through, mostly through, you know, resting when she could, um, limiting distractions or things that were draining her energy. Again, not focusing on like, what do you want to do in your career, but actually just focusing on creating the space that she needed. And sure enough, after about two months of this, the momentum started to become faster, clearer, and more insights and more courage could flow through. And by then, she started to become really clear about what she needed to do. And by the end of our process, she did it. She crafted a really lovely exit from her job. She took time off to rest. And then she brought in new sources of income that didn't look the way that they did previously, but were a good fit for her going forward. So this work 
is not about doing the thing all the time, right? A lot of the work is actually just creating the space because you have the vitality, you have the magic, it's available to you whenever you need it. It's just that we fill our lives so much that we can't always hear it. So I want to share some thoughts today about how you can tap into that so that you get the clarity you need, the vitality, the joy, and that so that your work can become an even stronger channel for healing and rejuvenation in your in your life and in those that your work impacts. I can't really talk about this without addressing the states of our nervous systems because we have to remember that all everything that happens in our career happens through the body. It happens through our nervous systems. And I, I'm sure you can imagine what kind of energy comes through us when we are overworked, overcommitted, worried, angry, resentful, whatever it is, you know, it's not very magical <laughs> and we suffer and so does our work. And this doesn't mean that we are bad or that we're doing anything wrong. And it also should not be all up to us. We are carrying some of us more than others, a lot of extra weight and stress that we should not be carrying in any, you know, quote unquote, civilized society. You know, people, women, you know, hundreds of thousands of women should not have had to leave the workforce in the midst of COVID-19 because there was literally zero support with childcare or flexible working conditions. If people want to leave the workforce, it should be done by choice and they should be done it should be done, you know, in a supported way. People should not be dying early and experiencing all sorts of symptoms of burnout because of, you know, late stage capitalism and the obsession we have with um, consumption and wage labor and uh, really abusive, manipulative work practices. So if you are in a place where your nervous system does feel pretty fried or frazzled, you are not bad and it it shouldn't be that way. We're living under really difficult conditions. And at the same time, let's take responsibility for what we do have control over uh, and really support our systems and open ourselves up to the rejuvenation that is available while also building a society where people don't die from overwork or stress about the ability to pay their bills or see a doctor or find housing, right? That's criminal. So we really need to just stop in whatever ways we can stop with the whole like running ragged thing. And many people besides me have talked about this a lot and, you know, hustle culture and pride about overworking. Um, And that's not really what I'm talking about. Um, I'm talking to about the sort of inherited patterns of pushing ourselves beyond what our nervous systems can really stand. When we do this, when we, you know, are constantly stimulated without any periods of silence and stillness, and we're going, 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 it forms like cracks in our soil. We aren't able to hold the water or the the magic it leaves us too quickly it's not feeding us if you imagine like a landscape that's been 
you know, where there was maybe a forest fire. So like the underbrush is gone, it's dry. Um, and it's bad news when that big first downpour comes in because the soil is not able to absorb the water. There's not enough plants and you just get these massive landslides. That's often what will happen. Or, you know, there's been a drought and our soil is so cracked that no water is held up for other organisms in the ecosystem. It all just dumps through and is absorbed by the dry soil. And in our work lives, when this happens, it may mean that, you know, we have lovely interactions or opportunities, but they quickly vanish from our experience. It feels like something so lovely and hydrating is just gone and kind of sucked into us because we're not <laughs> um, supple enough to sort of hold it and enjoy it. It may look like not being able to be present with clues that our intuition is sending us. We may miss opportunities because we're not like rooted enough to receive them. Our system is so frazzled and on edge that we can't really recognize, you know, more quiet messages or opportunities that are right for us. Um, so what we want here is to develop really soft, supple, fertile soil that can hold and channel the water, the vitality that's available to us. It means that we get nourished, our cup is full, and others get nourished around us. The people that are impacted by the work are also hydrated and rejuvenated. So I want to share four sources of, you know, cracking, overwhelm, raggedness, whatever you want to call it, this, these four sources of kind of emptying our cups. Um, the first one is constant compromise about what you really need. Um, so I encourage you this season for the next four weeks or so, and always, but especially now, to really consider and look at where your energy is going. You know, with the, the water and vitality that's available that you do express in your day-to-day -day life, where is it going? Is any of it coming back to you? You know, where does it go first? If you get a soft rain, you know, is your soil so dry? Are you so worn out that it just gets sucked away and, you know, the replenishment lasts, you know, no more than a couple of minutes? Um, is it, are you so overwhelmed that the water just rushes down and you've got these landslides where um, it's just a huge expression of emotion or, um, you know, you have these burnout cycles where you need to rest for a couple of days. Like what is the flow of vitality and water in your life and your career right now? Um, so where is your energy going and is any of it coming back to you in a sustainable way? And really looking at anywhere that you are compromising what it is that you really need to be a healthy, contained person. The second source of, um, you know, emptiness or like a, a cracked cup or cracked water vessel is information overload. So when your nervous system is overwhelmed, there's not a lot of capacity for creative thinking, for openness to new possibilities, for being really present with people, which are things that I know you want in your life and your career. And again, we have to remember that all of this is happening through the body. We have to take our nervous systems more seriously. The third source of cracking or the inability to bear water is disconnection from real life. What is happening in reality, in this moment, right underneath our feet. And I'll talk about that more in a second. 
And the fourth one, when we get really empty, is often that there's a disbelief in the fact that we have important work to do, a disbelief in the fact that there is more to this life than, you know, what's on a screen or what's in that email or, you know, what's, you know, the bills that are coming in the mail. When we feel disconnected from the magic and mystery of life, things start to feel very empty very quickly. So I want to share sort of four antidotes to fortify your soil, to strengthen your cup so that you can channel and bear the water and magic and vitality that's available to you. And the first way is to have really clear agreements about what you can and cannot do for others right now. To really look at where you're compromising your self care, your well-being, whatever you want to call it. And this might sound trite because like literally everyone is talking about boundaries, but that's because it's where the work is for many of us. And if we are going to be the water bearers that I know we can be, if we're going to feed ourselves and our communities in the ways that I know you want to, we have to look at this, you know, of course, other people help us and brighten our lives, but this season and this window of Aquarius season, we're really focusing more on the quality of what we offer and less on the quantity. So pulling back a little bit for the sake of rejuvenating and offering something that is more nutritive and beneficial to you and the world around you. You know, think about what magic comes through your life, what's possible when you're not contorting yourself or your needs for the sake of everyone else. You know, really considering how you can give yourself and your nervous system more care than you think you should need right now. You know, it's been a tough four years, and I say that as a very sheltered, privileged white person, um, and so I can't really imagine or fathom what it's been like for others who don't carry the you know, protections that I do. But I know that most of us are um, pretty raggedy and worn out from this, you know, the last four years beyond, um, but also especially this pandemic. So, you know, how, what is like the farthest you can imagine going in terms of taking care of yourself? Uh, can you stretch a little bit in that direction? This would be an excellent time for you to do so. The second way to sort of take care of your cup and bear more magic and water in your life and career right now is to manage stimulation and information overload. And I mean this very literally, like getting offline more. Um, It's really hard to recognize your own magic when you are tied up in comparison or overwhelm or doom scrolling. So like literally delete the apps that you don't need, delete the ones that are not feeding you at a deep level, take them off your home screen, turn your phone off for a weekend, uh, you know, get off email at any, you know, whenever you can hide your computer for a day, like, really, this is going to support your nervous system more than you might guess. I had a a client uh, recently who it seemed like it would be really helpful for her to just get offline. She was in the midst of trying to make a really big decision and had been just in these loops over and over again about what to do, what to do. And, um, was someone who was easily, um, 
you know, like all of us, just distracted by the barrage of stimulation that we get on our devices. Um, And so she committed to getting offline for a week and we weren't sure how long it would last, but she said, you know, I want to do this. And um, I said, great. And we made a plan. And um, within a week of her getting off of social media and limiting email and screen time, she knew it was just, it was the time to make the change that she had been talking about for months. And I think that's a really strong example of the fact that the clarity comes through when we give it the space, you know, the vitality comes through when we give it the space and the conditions and when we welcome it in. And that is available to you right now as well. The third antidote to this emptiness or cracking is to connect to real life, capital R, real life, capital L. Um, Again, we don't have to make the magic or create or manufacture the renewal that we need. Our role is simply to put ourselves in the way of it. You know, the light is increasing here. The temperatures are going to start warming. The vitality is available to us. You know, the role, our role here is not to be the sun or create a new sun. It's to open the curtains and step into the sunlight. That's it. (laughs) you know, real life is not on the screen. It's not in, you know, the conversation you had 20 days ago with your boss. It's right here, right where you are in your body, in your backyard, in the ether around you. And you will fill your cup. You will increase your capacity to channel new sources of vitality in your career when you are really present with what's real, with what's tangible, with what is timeless. And I know you know what that is for you. And it's really just a matter of being more conscious and present with the experience of you as a human in your body and of of the lives of the organisms that you share your space with and, and this planet with. So connect to that real, that realness, put yourself in the way of the vitality. You don't have to make it. You just have to be open and, and in presence with it. And finally, my, you know, fourth suggestion here for this time of really channeling magic, um, is to believe that you are meant for a magical life, (laughs) to believe that you're meant for more than, uh, you know, timesheets or meetings or email to remember that there is more to this life than those things. Not that they aren't important or not that they can't be expressions of your, your spirituality, but just remembering that they're not all that there is. You know, what the plants are doing right now, the way that they're converting starches into sugar, the way that they're sprouting, cracking open through seeds, um, coming through the topsoil, that is magical. You can drink that in. You can express that same magic, that same freshness and rejuvenation in your own life and career. It's just a matter of taking it really seriously. And if more of us did this, you know, if more of us put ourselves in the way of real rejuvenation, real connection to our essence and to the world around us, there would be a lot less abuse of the earth and its inhabitants. I know that, you know, if more of us took our well-being as seriously as we need to take it, if we stayed close to the essence of us, we would not tolerate the destruction of our bodies and the planet we live on like we do. So 
this is all related. The way that you treat your body, your nervous system, and, you know, others around you is directly related to how we're going to get through this really challenging time as a collective. So let's amplify the magic and channel even more of it in our lives and our world and sort of open up to what's available and what's possible right now. So that is what I have for you, my friends. Thank you so much for sharing this space with me. I hope it feels helpful. If it did feel helpful, it would mean so much to me if you could subscribe to the podcast, rate it, review it, share it with your coworkers or friends. Um, A Wild New Work operates purely by word of mouth, so your support is imperative and so appreciated. Uh, Again, if you are interested in getting some different perspective and new insights on how to move through your career more gracefully, closer to that essence, check out the tarot readings that I'm offering either on my website or by signing up for my newsletter. I will be back with you for part two of this series on how to channel your magic. We'll be looking at how to do that directly into the lives of others and the unique ways that you can do that and channel more vitality and rejuvenation to others through your career. Um, I'll be back with that in two weeks and I hope to be with you then. All right, friends. Bye for now. <laughs>